If the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to beat the Buffalo Bills, they're going to need one group in particular to dominate, and that's the offensive line with the run game. We'll talk about that possibility, how they've grown, and where exactly this run unit is, and get you a closer look at what how, to, how the defense will survive about TJ Watt. And weeks, week 18, Stars and Skulls grades. Action-packed episode of the Locked On Steelers podcast. Chris Carter, Alan Saunders today. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Steelers. Your daily Pittsburgh Steelers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, bringing you your daily dose of all things in the Pittsburgh Steelers. As always, you can find the show in your favorite podcasting apps and on YouTube. Like this video if you enjoyed. Subscribe to this YouTube channel to get all of your daily Monday through Friday episodes as well as our bonus content. We thank you for making us your first listen every day because we're your team every day. And today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the easiest, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code all lowercase locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100 more on them later. As I said before, we're joined by the man himself, Alan Saunders from SteelersNow.com. He's always here on Tuesdays with us. Alan, the, st- the playoffs are set. We've talked about, you know, who the Bills are. But I, I really think that a big part of this game is going to be the Steelers kicking in the identity that they have developed throughout this year, the one that Najee Harris has talked about, the one that Mike Tomlin talked about before the season when he told Keanu Benton he wants a goon squad. And he didn't just mean on defense. He means on all sides of the ball. The Steelers want to out physical opponents. Has this offensive line in particular advanced enough this year and made enough progress to be such a unit to take on a team like the Buffalo Bills? Yes, but. Ah! Classic. The offensive line is playing pretty well and Najee Harris is playing some of his best football of his career right now and Jalen Warren I think if you get him in a game where it's not a monsoon will continue to be very good I have faith in the Steelers running game I think they can run the ball against Buffalo if you look at the Bills statistically uh run defense on a average you know yards per carry success rate that kind of thing not that good and and you know you look at the talent and you know there are there are good players on the Buffalo defense, but I think a lot of the best players are guys that you more associate with their ability to rush the passer than necessarily being you know stalwarts against the run. But Buffalo is sort of like um like like how the Pittsburgh Penguins play hockey, like they play defense by being in the offensive zone. Buffalo plays run defense by making everyone play from behind, and I think that is the real key to this game. Is if you remember that game in Buffalo last year, the Steelers were in position to be able to run the football for about three minutes and 50 seconds. And after that, it was over. They had to yep. throw. Yep. They have to be able to contain Buffalo on defense and keep the game engaged, one score, 10 points, something like that, to keep their running game in it. Otherwise, I think they get in trouble. I agree. And a big part of that is, is one, the defense staying in front of things. What broke that game open was that 99-yard touchdown pass to Gabe Davis. If they don't allow that, if they if they force Buffalo to have to drive a bunch, that you know maybe they, they, they make a few more stops. Maybe it buys the offense more time to find a rhythm. And granted, you know, the Steelers offense at that point of the year and really all of last year entirely never really found any rhythm. So it probably wouldn't have mattered. But this is a different offense, especially the last month. 
This is an offense that started to find it find rhythm. It started to find plays that it likes to go to. And I mean, again, something I talked about all year, they need bread and butter plays. And we're seeing them now, especially in the run game, you know, the inside traps where they're having Daniels or Sayamalu pull to either side and they're crushing a defensive tackle, the wham blocks where they're run, running a counter and you see Connor Hayward coming across the, the formation to hit the other the opposing defensive end. But that defensive end has to stay home because they're so afraid of the jet sweep. And it's something that the Steelers do use. That there's stuff that the Steelers are doing right now that it's not just one game, it's a sample of over 10 games now that are working very well. And I think that's something that you could take into Buffalo and you can base an offense off of that. The Steelers didn't couldn't do that at all last year. There wasn't a bread and butter. There wasn't a bread and butter for the first half of this season. I think that that's a key factor here, not just in scoring, but in possessing the football so that if when your def- if your defense does get those stops on Josh Allen, you're making it count. Whereas when they got the remember, you remember the Steelers defense against the Chiefs in their, in their playoff game two years ago, they got the, all the stops. They gave the Steelers a lead, but three and out after three and out after three and out, eventually the Chiefs were going to figure it out. The Steelers offense cannot do that to this to this year to this defense with that offense. Yeah, look, I think they're in a position where you know, if we're talking about the Steelers being in this game or winning this game, I think it relies on Buffalo shooting themselves in the foot to to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not where you want to be as a team. However, this is uh, the you know the this is a three year old with the weapon in terms of shooting itself with the foot. Like it it is they have a proclivity for finding a way to let teams hang around. I think you said it perfectly. There, it will be about. Can the Steelers' offense take advantage of the opportunities that Buffalo might give them? If the Steelers' defense gets takeaways, if they win the field position battle, uh, we're expecting high winds. It's going to be cold. It might snow. Probably looking at another field position game. If you get a short field, can you punch it in the end zone? Can you make them pay for that? I think that will really be the key for the Steelers' offense, whether they're able to do those things. And then the defense has to, to create those opportunities. It's got to go hand in hand. But I really like the way the offense is playing right now. I think they're just in terms of like the scheme and the way they're putting together individual game plans. You know, I give uh, Faulkner and Sullivan a lot of credit. They beat Cincinnati with one game plan. They came up with a very different game plan in Seattle. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, more similar from Seattle to Baltimore, but they still tweaked it. I thought they did a really good job of recognizing in-game that it was going to be a Najee Harris game, and they minimized Jalen Warren pretty quickly and, and got to Najee, and I feel like that's something they haven't done enough uh, recently. So I think the Steelers' offense can take advantage of opportunities uh, if the Bills give them to them, but I, you know, they're going to need Buffalo to play along. If the Bills come out here humming and play as well as they are capable of playing – I think it's going to be a tough day for the Steelers. Uh, this is what I. This is why I said I, I thought this was the worst draw the Steelers could get for a playoff game. I felt like the Chiefs, with the way that their weapons are set up right now, they could they could they could keep up with the Chiefs' offense. With the Dolphins, they're hurt up right now. I think that you could take. But if the Bills come out and they play their A game, that is a tall task to keep up with them. Especially uh, with with the way they're running the ball now too. Like it's not mm-hmm. like it's just Josh Allen anymore. It's not. And also without T.J. Watt, because if he's in the game and he's kicking, I mean, he was playing at a high rate, and we'll get to his 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 play in in the in the Ravens game uh, with our, with our grade segment with Stars and Skulls coming up soon. But um, him playing at a high level is a huge part of why they beat the Bills two years ago. So I look at this and I see this as a chance for the Steelers to 
to cut to kind of set set a tone even without their superstar playmaker uh, at the edge rusher they have other guys on the edges to help but they need other guys to help as well uh stop the run limit james cook don't let josh allen but you use his leg to kill you too much and then when he makes mistakes you got to jump all over there can't be dropped interceptions there can't be those missed opportunities and when you get if you get those interceptions you got to score off of them you got to build them up so that it puts more pressure on them the dolphins had the bills on the ropes on sunday night and let it slip away because they didn't capitalize enough on those early turnovers yeah and i think you know the way the steelers defense is going to play against this you know, passing attack. The Steelers generally do well against mobile quarterbacks. I feel like they minimized, you know, Lamar Jackson when they played him. I felt like Kyler Murray, you know, didn't kill them with his legs. They can do that. I think the question is, what does the Steelers secondary look like in terms of personnel? And, you know, really that was the issue in that game in Buffalo last year, right? They were banged up in the secondary. Gabe Davis made him pay. Honestly, Stefan Diggs didn't even kill him, but he's, he's certainly capable of doing that. And so I think that's, um, that's a big ask for the Steelers defense right now. And I think that'll probably be you know, one of the big keys of the game is can they, can they get Josh Allen to make some mistakes or is it going to be smooth sailing for a very, very talented passing offense? We'll certainly t- see that more throughout the week. Mike Tomlin speaks on Tuesday. We'll be talking with him about that, but we got to get to stars and skulls grades and get some more thoughts on this team as it's constructed and what they, what they're going to look like as they head into the playoffs, all that here and more on the Locked On Steelers podcast, Chris Carter, Alan Saunders, stick with us. We got a lot to discuss. But first, we want to remind you that this show is brought to you by FanDuel. FanDuel Sportsbook is the number one sportsbook in America. With the NFL playoffs being here, you too can win big with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 back in bonus bets if they win any $5 money line bet. That's right, $150 in bonus bets right there if you're if you bet on your team for 5 bucks and they win. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use with spreads, player props, over/unders and so much more to enjoy. This week, the Steelers are nine and a half point underdogs with a money line of three of plus 385 and an over-under set at 39 and a half points. That's a lot of points for a spread. And if you believe in the Steelers, this is your chance to cash in by going to FanDuel, America's number one sports book. So go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to take advantage of that deal. And when you get there at FanDuel.com slash locked on, you'll be taking part with FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Back here in the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter, here with Alan Saunders of SteelersNow.com. Alan, we're going to get to our grades here, and we'll have different discussions as we do our grades because there's multiple people or multiple things to discuss with discuss with the grades. And I'm just now no, also noticing that not all of my grades uploaded to this thing, so it's going to take me a second to add that in. But let's start with the bad grades, as we normally do with um, uh, with, with you know with, with wins. I'm going to start. We have one three-skull grade in this game. Can you guess who that is? Mother Nature. Could be up there, except I don't want Mother Nature to be mad at me, so I did not do that to myself. It was rough out there. It was rough out there. It was rough. Uh, no, I actually don't don't know that I have a three-school grade. Dan Moore, maybe. He was pretty tough. He was pretty tough. 
I gave him a little bit of a break because he he did he had some key blocks in the run game, but he was pretty bad in the pass game. Press hard. I gave you got it. T- took you three guesses, uh, but <laughs> well, Mother Nature does not count as a guess. You're not gonna come on now. But in all seriousness, Presley Harvin, listen, this was early on in this game, and like there was a time when he was punting into the wind, and I get it. But then he was punting with the wind, and it still didn't matter. And I'm just like, man, can you just do all you got to do is boom the ball? And I, I, this may be an accumulation grade because I've been I've given him one skull grades a lot this year. But Allen, it's just this was a game where it could have come down to field position all throughout the game. And if it wasn't for two forced fumbles, the Steelers got back on there, and it might have gotten come down to that or the long touchdown that Deontay Johnson had. Um, and that could have cost the Steelers the season. And Presley Harvin's punting, it just it it hasn't improved. And I don't know how he hasn't made any progress yet. I agree. Although I will say, you know, Press put out a pretty nice punt and they had it down to like the seven yard line. True. And the Steelers got a an unbelievable penalty from Deontay Johnson not getting off the field in time. 12 men on the huddle or not in the huddle, whatever, 12 men on the field. And then he has to re-kick it. The re-kick, it almost got blocked. I mean, I, it was pretty close. I really think that a lot of the short kicks that Harvin has come when there's pressure. Um, he doesn't get them off. Cle- I don't know if he rushes or I don't know if he's if he's trying to angle it away from a potential blocker or whatever. Just seems like when there's a little bit of pressure, that's when things kind of go sideways. Not in terms of like external i mean like a guy in his face and yeah and I know you, if you watch that that second kick it really comes very close to getting blocked and that kind of goes off the side of his foot goes 25 yards a huge penalty um yeah i think deontay johnson's got to share some of that though that can't all be on press he did it right the first time and that's an inexcusable penalty but he has not been very good all year and there certainly feels like they've just been kind of lucky that it hasn't yet cost them majorly uh, i think you're lucky is a good way to put that because uh, you know he has he has not delivered i will say the one thing that he has done and it helped you brought this up when i gave him a bad grade last week um he has his holding has helped save the team on bad snaps and that deserves at least some credit there granted he wasn't you know brought to this team to be a holder he was brought to the team to be a punter but with that being said let's move on from the punter enough punter talk let's get to i actually didn't have any two skull grades i just had one skull grades as far as negatives we have four players i got dan moore jr levi wallace he gave up a touchdown jalen warren because of his two fumbles and mason cole now uh, normally a two fumble performance i give a much harsher grade uh especially because they, they they were proving very costly at, at certain points but he also had a really good catch and run that gave the Steelers a first down on a third down early in the game. Um, and, and like, it wasn't like he didn't have a good effort in this game. He just, those two fumbles were costly. It's why, and he lost one of them, uh, almost lost the second one. Um, and the Steelers had to go, had to go rely on Najee Harris for the rest of the game. But as far as these guys, Mason Cole, you know, still giving pressure up the middle and not being too great though. I will say, you know, the snapping wasn't as bad as I thought it would be with all that rain. So, I guess that's why I guess there's a little leniency there, but still, I just think that they needed to be the, the offensive line, particularly Dan Moore and Mason Cole in the run game. They did a lot of things right in pass protection. Not as much. Yeah. I felt like it was a, 
it's kind of a Jekyll and Hyde game from the offense. Even in pass protection, there were like some good stretches. I really feel like when they got in obvious passing situations, Baltimore runs a ton of different blitzes. They bring guys from all kinds of different angles. They run a bunch of games up front with like uh, guys like Clowney and Matabuike where, you know, it, it, it challenges the mental processing of the offensive line where like compared to a team like Cincinnati, for example, like, you know, Pratt blitzes sometimes Hilton comes off the edge, but that's kind of it, right? Like, you know, kind of know what you're getting into. And I think the Ravens uh, kind of exposed a little bit, the Steelers line and, and their pass protection in terms of just like passing and tracking. It seems like that's been a continuing issue for them this year. And like, I, I'm not saying that's all on Mason Cole, but he's the center and he's the guy that's responsible for getting everybody in the right place at the right time. So when there are issues with that, I think it's natural for some of that to fall to him. I think it is. And this is a Bills team that they got guys like Greg Rousseau, Leonard they Floyd, Ed Oliver. They can get after it. And it's going to be a big task for this team. Um, and, and that's part of also the question here that I had about, you know, is the off- has the offensive line progressed enough? Alan, do you see that as maybe the linchpin that might cost the Steelers their their, their playoff run if they if, is their pass protection in this game? I mean, look, I don't know how much you want to attribute what's happened to the Steelers' offense to Mason Rudolph. Obviously, he's throwing the ball well. I don't know if I'm ready to give him credit for the running game taking off or, or whatever, but like he's standing in the pocket and he's in danger. Like there's there, it's it's kind of. Cr- and look, I give Mason a ton of credit because he has shown some serious moxie and his willingness to just stay and stay and stay. He probably stayed too long against the Ravens, and that's why he had those two fumbles. Um, but at some point, if you have a quarterback who's going to stay and stay and stay and is be willing to take shots, he's going to start taking them. Like, that's not good. And uh, I think they've got to find a way to protect him, um, especially, you know, I'm, I'm really curious what happens if this offense plays in a 30-mile-an-hour windstorm and a defense just says, "Hey, we know you aren't throwing deep." Uh, you know, like I, I'm, I'm, I'm right. really interested to see what happens there. But I think the offensive line's pass protection hasn't been good enough most of the year. I think that's been covered up uh, against Cincinnati and, and Seattle a little bit. And I think some of those, you know, I think Baltimore exposed some things, and 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 they've they've got to clear it up. They do have to. They do have to clear it up. They do have to find ways to to to. And then part of that might be, you know, Jalen Warren and Darnell Washington guys helping out a little bit more. Part of it might, 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 you know, and especially Dan Moore Jr. I, I think that you know James Daniels, Isaac Sayamalo, they've done a really good job holding their spots down. Broderick Jones has been hit or miss in pass protection. There's sometimes that he locks people down. There's other times that he just you see you can see the lap the laps in, in fundamentals there. But the again, thing about Jones is like there are very few mistakes, but the mistakes are big ones. Yeah, right? like, like, exactly. Like most of the reps are really good, but then there's like a one or two where it's like, oh no, oh boy. And then, and look, that's like you do that. To, like Buffalo, uh, Baltimore first in the NFL in sacks this season, 60 as a team. Buffalo was fourth, 54. They're right there. These guys can really rush the passer. It's going to be a big challenge. It's going to be a big challenge. We'll talk about the stars of the of the of the, of the grades from the Steelers Ravens game. There were quite a few of them. It was another starry night out here in this game a constellation if you will we'll get into we'll get into those positive grades and the things that might be able to be the big big lifters for the Steelers against the Bills all here in the Lockdown Steelers podcast Chris Carter Alan Saunders stick with us we still got more to talk about 
But first, I want to remind you this show is also brought to you by Prize Picks, the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. The easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports, it's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you just pick more or less on the projections for two to six player stats projections and watch the winnings roll in. Prize Picks is the fun new daily fantasy game that everyone needs to start playing right now. With basketball season here, they have new combo projections across football and basketball in what's called the Specials League. It's a league created specifically for combo projections that includes two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, if you think LeBron James and, say, George Pickens are going to combine for over 10 and a half three-pointers made and receptions between the two of them, you can you can say more on that, and that'll be a chance for you to win win big on prize picks prize picks also has a reboot policy where your entries stay in play even if your players get injured for nfl and college football top 25 matchups which are now over since the thanks to the national championship but all nfl playoff games you have a player who exists who exits the game in the first half and doesn't return in the second that player is rebooted and prize picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform with injury insurance Prize Picks offers weekly promotions that can lead to big payouts like Taco Tuesday. Each Tuesday, Prize Picks discounts select player projections up to 25% or, or more in value. Download the Prize Picks app today or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. That's prizepicks.com slash NFL and use code LOCKEDONNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that's prizepicks.com slash NFL. Use code NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Back here in the Locked On Steelers podcast, Chris Carter, Alan Saunders talking Steelers football. Let's get to the positive grades from the Steelers game against the Ravens. We'll start with the one-star grades, and I had quite a few of them because I thought there were a lot of solid contributions across the board. Uh, I gave a one-star for Alex Highsmith. He had four pressures in the game. While he wasn't you know, d- demonstrative in how great he was, I think there were a lot of holding calls that should have been called against him. Either way, I thought he was very helpful, so he got that. Miles Jack, another piece in the defense that keeps things together. Shannon Sullivan, I think, has really turned things around as a slot corner for the Steelers. He's been a big boost there. Um uh, other defensive players before I get to some offensive players. Joey Porter Jr., just another solid day where you can't you can't really pick on him. Keanu Benton, I thought, was strong up the middle. Um, and Landon Roberts back. He didn't do a whole lot, you know, as far as production-wise, but I think his presence really helped to keep the defense together. Also made a big tackle on a screenplay that could have broken for a big game. Cam Hayward, uh, he's still not, you know, back to being dominant Cam Hayward, but I think he's been much better uh, in the middle and has helped them solidify things. Marcus Golden also for the sack. Uh, that he got, I gave him a star as well, and Chris Boswell and special teams defensively here. Alan, am I am I selling am I am I selling too high on any anyone here or too low on anyone here? No, I mean I think you got a pretty good list. There's a lot of guys that are deserving. I, I feel like um, the Steelers defense. You know, it's it's not a game where there's a ton of you're not expecting a ton of points, right? Like look at the conditions. Right. But I think the the and like let's be honest about who the Ravens are playing Huntley and. Like likely is a good player. Edwards is certainly a good running back. Bateman was out there, but it sure didn't seem like they were asking him to do very much. You know, this is a a, a pretty pretty minimal offensive force from Baltimore. But what I really liked about the way the Steelers went about their business was they 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 played with an attitude. They took it to they took the game to Baltimore. It really felt like they were you know the more physical team. Um, they they put Baltimore in uncomfortable situations all game. I thought some of that was a Baltimore play calling. Honestly, I thought it was very bizarre that they tried to throw the ball so much so early, but uh, the Steelers really just, I felt like Tyler Huntley was in third and long all the time. Felt mm-hmm. like he was running all the time. 
uh, to try to throw. And that's really what you want to do to a team like that. And so I think there should be a lot of stars in that defense. I, I think so too. One star grades for the offense. I put Connor Hayward. I thought he did a phenomenal job blocking in so many different instances. Also caught two passes in short in short spurts. Wasn't anything I could give like a two star grade for, but that star that that one star he earned is pretty bright. I thought he did a good job. Pat Fryermuth also solid in this game. Calvin Austin with his return on special teams was solid. Darnell Washington also a big blocker up front for the Steelers. I thought the tight ends especially as a group played very well for the Steelers in this game, winning in the trenches more often than not. Um, what say you about the progress of the tight ends, Alan? I kind of love what Darnell Washington has turned into. You know, I, I'm not mm. even sure how his rookie year was going to go. You know, as a prospect that I really liked, thought it was a great choice in the draft, but I, he wasn't a guy that I was sure about in terms of like what he was going to do as a rookie. I think he's really come into his own in terms of a blocker, in terms of owning that role. And, you know, there were times this year where he struggled. And I, I really feel like these last few weeks, they've gone to heavy personnel. Teams have matched that personnel. I mean, the Steelers are running against eight and nine man boxes these yeah. last two weeks. And they're doing it. And part of that is, like, when you bring on a big guy and then the other team brings on a big guy too, your big guy's got to win. And Darnell Washington is winning. Pat Fryermuth is winning. And that's one mm -hmm. of the reasons I thought earlier this year they were struggling to run. Like, they were better running out of spread. It was more Jalen Warren than Najee Harris earlier in the year. Because when they added more blockers earlier in the year, their additional blockers were losing to the extra big guys. They were right. running better when they tried to spread teams out. And now, I think one of the biggest differences in the way the Steelers are running the ball right now, and one of the biggest reasons that Najee Harris is having the success he is right now, is the Steelers tight ends, when they get in the game and when teams match personnel, they are beating the other team's big dudes. And I, and Washington has a big part of that. Fryermuth has been much impressed, uh, much improved. Connor Hayward, very solid. I think they really deserve a lot of credit for the improvement in the running game. I think so too. They deserve they deserve credit for that, um, and that's why Najee Harris you know, took that pic had the picture with them included with the offensive line uh, on the angry runs. I thought that was actually pretty cool uh, on, on his. I love part. the uh, the play where at the end of the play, you know, Broderick Jones is still or, uh, not Broderick, Darnell Washington is still pushing Harris forward, and he kind of like picked him up, like uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm just like I'm just gonna carry you forward. Here you go, buddy. And Najee's got a big smile on his face, like he loves that kind of stuff. I, I think they're they're having a lot of fun running the ball on offense right now. Absolutely. Let's get to more guys who had some fun on this on this team. I gave two star grades to the following players: James Daniels, Mason Rudolph, Broderick Jones, Deontay Johnson, Eric Rowe, Mark Robinson. Uh, let's start with the, uh, those some of those offensive guys. James Daniels, I thought he was strong blocking again, especially in the run game. He was a big part of chipping at the right moments, pulling. Uh, we'll get to Sayamalo in a minute, but um, James Daniels, I think, continues to be a real asset for the Steelers' offensive line. He's part of the future. Mason Rudolph, yes, he took that sack and he, he gave up that fumble. Uh, but when you're 18 of 20 in a monsoon and you're finding ways to uh, to, to keep to keep to keep drives alive and you you hang in there and you reward the coach for sticking with you even when things were getting were starting to struggle a little bit. I give you full credit for that. He deserves a two-star grade there. I'm giving him that. Broderick Jones also because he was just demonstrative in the run game. Deontay Johnson, I know I thought about not giving him two stars because of the penalty that he took, but that touchdown more than made up for it. That was a huge play where he caught the ball, broke loose, and showed uh, just how good he could be. So um, I thought that that was uh, I thought that he deserved he deserved two stars there. Any disagreements on the offensive players? You got two stars. 
I got nothing. James Daniels has been outstanding. Um, Mason, you know, it, it almost kind of snuck up on me. Like he, the efficiency, like I, I, you know, the yardage wasn't anything spectacular. We didn't expect it to be, but I was very surprised when I started writing my game story in the fourth quarter. I looked out, I was like, he's only had two incompletions. Like it, it, yeah. like I, it yeah, was, it exactly. was quiet, but it was really impressive to, in those conditions to be that precise. I, you know, I thought the fumbles hurt. Um, and, and I didn't think he managed that two minute drive very well, both, you know, taking care of the football and just in general, I thought really that was the first time that he kind of has looked like a backup and it makes sense. Right. I mean, he's gotten hardly any of those kind of reps throughout the year, Mm -hmm. uh, even like really dating back to training camp. Like, you know, they do seven shots and Rudolph is getting one every day at the very most, you know? Right. So I I think it's natural that, that he's, that that might be an area where uh, he still has some catching up to do, but, um, I was really impressed. Like I said, like I snuck up on me, the efficiency in that weather. That's impressive. Solid overall day for the offensive line. Daniels. He's really good, man. Other two star guys on defense, Eric Rowe, Mark Robinson, both forced fumbles, but both also made other plays. Rowe led the team with 12 tackles. Robinson had a sack and was, I thought he was, this was Mark Robinson's best NFL game I've ever seen. Eric Rowe earning the name Death Row. You guys reported on that. That was awesome. Uh, I thought that was pretty cool. But uh, both of those guys filling in in big ways over the middle. Mark Robinson only played 13 snaps in this game. And you felt it. And he had five tackles, a sack, and a forced fumble. He played thirteen. He played thirteen total snaps. Do you know how many snaps he played against the pass? Uh, I don't know. No, that's a good question. Come on, none. Answers right in front of you. I, I don't know. No, not very if he many. Played thirteen total snaps. He had nine snaps against oh. the pass. Come on, Allen. You're missing the thirteen nine jokes. Oh. Come on. Oh, okay, okay. okay. <laughs> Anyways, I just had to hit him with that real quick, but. Also to the point, I have this question for you, Alan. As it pertains to Eric Rowe, he's done a really good job filling in for the Steelers at safety. What do they do at safety now? Because Patrick Peterson, do you move him to corner? Does Demonte KZ come back in and get his normal snaps? Make Patrick's definitely going to be playing. What do you do? Yeah, I move Patrick Peterson back to corner. You remember what Gabe Davis did to Levi Wallace last year? Never mind. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I just, I mean, look, I think Levi played really well these last two weeks. I think, you know, he, he really well. I, but I think I'm still moving Peterson back to corner. Yes. Okay. So Peterson back to corner. Rose, your third safety with KZ and, and Fitzpatrick. That's that's solid right there. All right. I have two, min- two, minute, two minutes approximately here before Ross tries to kill me for going over on this episode. So three-star grades, TJ Watt, Najee Harris, Isaac Sayomalo. I thought they were all spectacular. TJ Watt, if he doesn't get hurt, he might get that third sack of the game uh, with, 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 getting- with we he had the story it. pre-written for him to oh. get 20 sacks because I was like, he's getting it. Let's just do it. It's happening. He would have been the fourth player in NFL history to have multiple 20 sack seasons in the NFL. Then he gets hurt in just a very unfortunate way. Najee Harris, nothing else you need to say about that, man. He's a beast. I think he's playing very well right now and uh, living up to the, the first round draft pick, at least these weeks. He hasn't, he hasn't done his whole career, but he's been doing it lately and he's a big reason for the turnaround right now. And Isaac Sayamalu, being the guy that they signed in free agency to fix he that that touch on Najee's touchdown run, oh. my goodness, he crushed whoever that poor defensive tackle. <laughs> Did was. you watch Brian Baldinger's uh, breakdown of that? Oh, I haven't. I haven't yet. I missed. Okay, you, you got to go watch Brian Baldinger's. It's it's like Baldy's narrating like 
pornography. Like he, like, that's how excited he is about this. He's like, oh my god, look at Isaac Sayabal. Look at the oh, it's just a look. Every oh, it's a trap, and it's beautiful. It's beautiful. I'm like, yeah, I agree with everything you said. Like it was, and that's Justin Matabuik as not a scrub backup in there. Right. That is their best interior defensive lineman getting pancaked on a touchdown by Isaac Sayamalu. Bad man. He's been real good. Yeah, I thought he's been spectacular. Um, uh, so Sayamalu, Najee Harris, they need to be big for these playoff games. Uh, real quick here, last thoughts, Alan. TJ Watt, can this team win a game without him in the playoffs? Yes. Uh, and I think, look, they're in much better position to deal with a TJ Watt injury this year than they were last year. I think Marcus Golden can play. I think Nick Herbig can play. But for me, the big thing is they're losing TJ Watt but they might be getting back Minka Fitzpatrick and Demonte KZ and putting Patrick Peterson back in his normal position. Like that's a big help. I, you know, it's not the same, but I think they're going to be as like, they're not any worse off with Minka KZ Peterson back at corner and golden and Herbig splitting time than they were with Roe and Pat P at free safety and Walt like, I, I I feel like they're it's it's kind of a, a neutral here in terms of the, the the losses and the departures for the defense this week. It's not saying that they've been so good this, these last couple of weeks that they can just steamroll the Buffalo Bills, but I think they can be good enough to give themselves a shot. Absolutely, we'll get more into that. Mike Tomlin talks today at the Steelers facility. We'll hear from him about what the Steelers are looking at this week, and we'll get you ready all the rest of the week here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. He's Alan Saunders of SteelersNow.com. I'm Chris Carter from the Locked On Steelers podcast and the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Read all my work at post-gazette.com. Read all of Alan's work at SteelersNow.com. Find me here on the Locked On Steelers podcast every Monday through Friday, breaking down your Pittsburgh Steelers. We'll see you again here on the Wednesday edition of the Locked On Steelers podcast.